and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read this week. Amy, what did we read? We read A Duke for Diana by Sabrina Jeffries. We sure did. Do you want me to do the spoiler-free? Yes, I would love for you to do the spoiler-free recap. Thank you very much. Now, this was not, I'll clarify, this wasn't a recommendation by anything other than my Kobo, but Sabrina Jeffries is an author who's contributed to a bunch of, like, the novella anthologies we've yes, read. Yes, and we've never, this is the first of hers that we've read that's an entirely just her Yes, book. just by yeah. her. And this is the first in a series that is the debutante, I want to say, like, designing debutantes. That sounds series about right. Or something yep. like that. Right. So I can't remember when it is. It's set. It's, it's set in Regency England there in London. Go. Regency England in London. And we start. During the Napoleonic Wars is when it's set. Essentially, it's about, and it starts in kind of a prologue, but essentially, it's about these three sisters Diana, Eliza, Eliza, and, and I think it's Felicity. Fel- Verity. No, Verity. Verity. And when we meet them, Eliza is married, but her husband goes off to the war, and the other two are still at home trying to get married off. But essentially, their mother and father have created a massive scandal because their mother has run off with the major general, and her father is now officially taking her to the courts to divorce her, <gasps> which they the girls are like, we think 90% of this is actually him just wanting a male heir, so he wants the opportunity to remarry. So divorcing her is a great way to do that, and she's created this big public scandal, so obviously, you know. The scandalous great, sisters. Yes, it's a great time. But it means that the girls are pretty much pariahs in society. So they're no longer getting invited to events. Mm-hmm. And if they do, it's like a pity invite and they just sort of all sit in the corner and they're really bitter about it, which is fair enough because all these people who used to be their friends when they were quite successful in society and, you know, Verity had a, a suitor that she was seeing when it all kind of went down and he quickly disappeared. And Diana kind of had this whole plan for her life that now obviously she can't do because no one wants a bar of them. While they're at their first, one of their kind of events that they're at, just as the scandal broke, an American member of the ton, so someone who had married in, essentially asked the girls, they were kind of standing off to the side, commenting and critiquing the event, the ball that they were all at. And the American lady essentially wanders over and is like, would you throw a ball for me? Because I have to, because I've married such and such person, and I have no idea how to do it. Sounds like you guys. Sounds like you Understand guys totally how to know how things. to do it. And essentially, Diana's really good at fashion. Verity's really good at the f- food. Yep. She's the food one. Food. She's really good at the food. And Eliza is really good at the music and sundry other bits and pieces. And hair. She does the hair. So the girls agree to do this woman's ball. Flash forward 10 years, maybe? Uh, five. Five. Yeah. Some yeah. amount of years. Years. And they are running a really successful business called Elegant Occasions. And basically, they that's what they do from word they're of party mouth. party planners. Yeah, word of mouth. They're just party planners. But they all live together. Eliza's husband died in the war, and they all live together and support one another, and this is what they do. So basically that's then the premise for how we meet the Duke. Who is? I want to say his name starts with an E. No, it's Jeffrey. Gosh, so Jeffrey Brookhouse, who's sort of 
uh, he was an engineer and he's inherited this dukedom because everyone else died. Yeah, so his story is really complicated. He's got such a convoluted backstory. Basically, he was a civil engineer, which they never let you forget. It's one of those From things. Newcastle. Oh, God. So he's a civil engineer and his father was an earl. Like, not he wasn't an earl, but he was the son of, like, one of the sons of an earldom. Yeah. And he was never going to inherit the earldom, but he wanted to marry this woman who was an iron master's daughter, so she was a sit, if anything else. But he, his family were like, no, we'll disinherit you. He marries her anyway. They disinherit him. He's then bitter and upset about it pretty much forever. And they moved to Newcastle. And his eldest son, Jeffrey's only son, Jeffrey, wants to go and learn the trade, the Ironmaster trade at Stockton and Sons, which is his maternal grandfather's business. Really successful, wealthy business. So he goes and does that, but is kind of estranged with his father. His father dies, and several months later or whatever, it's discovered that through a long lineage of people who were dead – he has now inherited a dukedom. And so he wants to take his mother and his sister off to London so that she can have a, the sister can have a season and hopefully marry her off lickety split because there's a secret, because there's dun, always dun, a secret dun. that could break and become a scandal that would tie dun, his dun, sister. Dun. Sister's name is Rosie. Yep, she's nice. Anyway, but obviously being the mum was never a part of elite society and neither child children neither of the children were because you know they had been outcast with their dad you know when all of that happened so ultimately they have no idea how to even run a coming out Anything. season in, yeah they don't know how to do a season and he London. might be a civil engineer but he isn't very civil no he swears he has some <laughs> salty language that's for sure <laughs> And so basically... And he's uh, a scruff bucket. Yeah. And so basically elegant. they hire elegant occasions to do manage, essentially like ball. PR manage her coming out. And through the process of that, that puts Diana and Jeffrey in each other's way. And it just turns out that sparks they are are flying. And then... That's it. You know the setup and the book. It's happens. a romance novel. It's a romance novel. Those some are the two things, protagonists. Some, yeah, some things pop up, other things don't pop up. Oh, that sounds like a pun. It was not. <laughs> okay. Many things pop up. Carry on. I'm done. <laughs> so part of our discussion about recommend or not in this will be: Do we, you know, do we read the rest of the series? As that's a, yeah. When it's a first, that's a pretty easy recommend or not. So yeah. you get to go first, Amy, as recommended by. Your Kobo algorithm. <laughs> what did you think of A Duke for Diana? I thought it took me a while to finish it. I read it mm. in two very distinctly separated sittings. You were um, reading it for a long a time. A long time. I remember we because we I was on like sixty percent for like a month. But we we chat a lot by the necessity of running the podcast about what we're reading, and I remember. <laughs> like an inordinate number of those conversations where I'm like, what are you reading at the moment? You're like, A Duke for Diana. And I was like, how long is this book? Like, geez, Louise. <laughs> it's not that long a book. No, it's not. But I found the the barrier for them being together just spent so long on what is this barrier. It was very it it was was mystery so boxy. It was long. very mystery boxy. And that secret of what was in the mystery box went for so long it became irritating. Yes. So that was not something that made me voracious to finish the book. I also was 
underwhelmed by the secret. The secret, yeah, the secret was just like, just say it at the beginning, move on. It also, yeah, anyway. He was, so he's like, you know, scruffy and uncouth and part of the, you know, battle between them is him de-scruffifying. But I found he was like really, you know that Harry Potter book where Harry's always just so noble and you just want to slap him? Yeah. He's pig-headedly noble. I thought that a lot about Jeffrey. He was yeah. just being way too noble at times. He was determined at times it's, to just be like a narcissism. martyr. It was that's the that's the problem I have with it. It's absolute narcissism. He was, but you're pretending it's for the greater good. It's for everybody else. Look at me yes. being so gracious. It's Look all at me for being everyone so else. Noble. And it's like you're not. You're a narcissist. You're not thinking about anybody else. You're only thinking about yourself. I didn't have a huge patience for his desire for martyrdom, so I wasn't a massive Jeffrey fan. I she I thought was quite logical and had some spine, which was nice. I um, had problems with her, but we all come back around. <laughs> And I had trouble believing the motivations of the characters, particularly the ending. The ending was very silly, and the motivations of the characters were not. I'm trying to remember the ending. Yeah, well, like, it was so silly, it's just sort of faded in my mind. But I wrote the note, not massively motivated. The sort of subplot that led to the overcoming of the obstacle and the being together sort of just came out of the blue. It's that thing that happens with so many books that we read, which is the book is over and then you send it off to an editor and then the editor or publishing house is like, can you give me 40 more pages? And you're like, sure, there's a bandit at the end. He's writing to her and they've decided to be together, but then someone lets the horses out of the barn. Yes, it was that. Like, it's like, ah, this is so unnecessary. Oh, I roll. Come on. So the book is over. Move on. I found the book was, the book dragged. It didn't have enough in it to go for as long as it did, I think is my overall summary of it. It probably and could have been a novella. It could have, it should have been a novella. I think, Mm. and then you could have had all the other sisters in that novella. And I probably would have read all of them, but I'm not going to read the others because I didn't really find the sisters that interesting. Like Verity's the food one and Eliza's the widowed hair hair lady. And And Verity had a bit of like a, who's that man there behind the pillar that they obviously tried to build up as like something that you want to know the answer to. But I didn't. I was like, I just, I didn't (laughs) think that there was enough depth to the characters. So I'm not going to, I, yes, I purchased a Duke for Diana. I don't know why I didn't look to rent it. So weird. I won't read it again. It'll be one of those things that maybe in like 10 years I go, I haven't read that for ages and I read and I'm like, that's why I don't remember reading this book ever. Yes. (laughs) So no, I would not recommend A Duke for Diana and I don't think I'm going to continue through the designing debutantes, dazzling debutantes. Designing debutantes. I'm not going to read the rest of them. Because they design debuts. I mean, they are dazzling. I'm not going to read the rest of them. I found it irritating it's not the most irritating romance novel i've read but it wasn't Fair. it's not rereadable so it's definite trash for me what about you so i would say in general as i'm reading and this is what my husband always says as well that i seem to particularly with romance novels because it's so hard like falling in love it's what works for one person doesn't work for another person or might work in part or might actually be completely abhorrent to someone else right yeah so I find that as I'm reading romance novels, they quickly get sorted into something I really like. Treasure. Treasure. <laughs> something that is so beige and unforgettable that I'm like, eh, it happened. I was here. Trash. It was here. There were some bits that were all right. And things that make me violently angry. Super trash. Exactly. So I would say 
according to my husband, when I finish this, this falls somewhere between ambivalent beige and super trash. Because there were moments of this that I was like, what? <laughs> and I, Eric, think, and I've I sat, have to read this aloud to you. And then I start reading and passages. And I've sat next to you when you have those moments yes. in novels and it becomes a collaborative experience. Yes, and it does. And it happens. <laughs> that happens with Eric. Even You know what I mean? Now yeah. that you and I no longer are living together, it the same thing happens, uh, but he has to cop it instead. And particularly because my husband is an engineer. Uh, <laughs> But he's very civil. <laughs> he is very civil. But I was so there was one moment where Jeffrey were in Jeffrey's inner monologue and it was so it was there was a really <laughs> gross kind of approach to women and this kind of the way he was thinking about her and framing her made me feel uncomfortable. Like it was icky. You know what I mean? When Yeah. yeah. And I was like, is this just an engineer thing? Is this what your brain works like? And then I'm reading him dialogue and either because that is not how an engineer's brain works or because after 10 years together, my husband was quick enough to go, I know the answer I'm supposed to give in this context. But either way, he was like, no, that's ridiculous. That's He's well, like, that's, re- that's he's a like, relief to like, that sounds offensive Listeners, as far as I'm concerned. engineers aren't like no, the engineer in this one like novel. This, yeah. <laughs> anyway, but, and there was the other thing. So that was him. He was very like, I don't like her. She's beneath me. But wouldn't I love to have her beneath me? Like it was that. Uh, you used it that was that voice. kind of thing. Uh, and I didn't, I didn't appreciate it. I didn't enjoy it. It didn't feel like his attraction to her was built on a, a respect. respect. It felt like it was built on. Yeah. I want my bits yeah. to mush all over your bits. Yes, and that, that happened like boom. Very the moment quick. he saw her, he was like bits and bits. They should be. We should mushing. just mush our bits together. Yeah. And then he like kisses her in a very. Their first kiss is a really weird context where he kind of just mauls her, but she's up for it, so it's okay in the end because she was keen too. But she gave zero indication that that's what she wanted. And then we're in her head for a moment, and that's what she's thinking. She's thinking. I don't think this is appropriate. I didn't give you any indication that I wanted a kiss. Oh, well, I'm up. I'm Yeah, okay, it's happening now. And she gets into it too. And I just, it just, I was like, no, this doesn't do it for me. This is yuck. I'm not enjoying it. So what did you think about her? So my problem with her was probably the same problem I have with social media. So I've thought about it because I was like, what is it? Because it was a really modern problem that I had with the book. Okay. I understood it within its context. It made a lot of sense in its context. But from a modern perspective, God, she was so shallow. Everything that, you know, elegant occasions does was shallow and the whole ton was shallow. But because of the nature of the book, it didn't overcome that or shun it in any way. It just kind of leaned in to the shallowness of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It'd be like going. Well, it's like our description. Verity's the food. Verity's one. the Eliza's food. Yeah, the and that's exactly one. what it was. It was kind Diana's of. Diana's the style one. It was the kind of one. like. It felt like if you had a book that was like, oh my gosh, social media, nothing's true on social media. So what should we do? Create better fake personas as opposed to like, let's refuse to participate. <laughs> Let's actually not just participate. It's fake and phony and awful and all these people are horrible and what we have to do to please them is so contrived. Let's just not. But it wasn't that. It was 
we leaned in and I guess I just didn't like that. And so much of what she said was like, oh, you need, it was very, it was, there was a little bit of like, she would save it often enough for it to sit in the ambivalent part of my spectrum, right? Yeah. It was saved often enough with her being like, oh, really you're most beautiful when you feel beautiful. But also your clothes don't fit properly and that's why you look like a dumpy mess. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was just, I just didn't enjoy, <laughs> did not enjoy her, did not feel like we would be friends. But like Either of you would be friends. No. You or him. So okay. maybe they're perfectly suited because I didn't particularly like either of them. But it doesn't and again, mean you want to spend a novel with them when you no. don't like either of them. And I think they spent too much time. I think Jeffrey was a cardboard cutout. I think she was too. And we spent too much time with them when we could have been like, I wanted a quirky, you know, aunt or something. Or a dog. I would have taken someone with... I would have taken a dowager duchess with a dog. That's what I would have taken in this oh, book. Yeah, that would have... It needed a bit more... It needed to stop it just, taking itself quite it so seriously. Too it's too long. It was... Yeah. Anyway, did not enjoy. Would not recommend. Very... Like, there were too many moments where I was like... Argh! So, Kimberly will not be reading an Earl for Eliza or a Viscount for Verity. not read an Earl for Eliza. No. Okay, mm. well, so this is trash, resoundingly Total for trash. us. Completely if you're going to dive into a romance novel, don't go for a duke for Diana. I didn't I did like her contributions, though, Sabrina Jeffries, to the novellas that we've read. I don't remember them because I don't have that closer. I don't pay enough attention to which authors wrote which bits. Oh, you just dive into the I just the dive novella. in and read right. the novella. But I would say this is a fail for the Kobo algorithm. Yes. Okay, so. So thank you very much for spending some of your time with us. Join us again next week. We will bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for or whatever not. we read. <laughs> or not, depending on what it is. And until then. Happy reading! And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? <laughs> and with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.